Now, making his way to the podcast studio all the way from Sacramento, California, he eats, sleeps, and breathes pro wrestling. He is the best self-proclaimed pro wrestling analyst in the world. Wrestling is still real to him, and he is here to keep good wrestling alive. He is the host of Snug Wrestling Podcast, the one, the only, Edgar Avila. Who is ready to talk about some wrestling? I know I am. It's been a while. I've been gone for a few days, but now I'm back and I'm still getting my voice back. I went to Las Vegas and it feels like I've been gone forever because so much shit happened in the past couple days that I was gone. And I picked a really bad weekend to be MIA and to not really be watching wrestling and keeping up with it because so much shit went down, man. So much stuff that we're going to get into today. What's up? everyone welcome back again to snug wrestling my name is edgar today we're going to be talking about monday night raw from september 18th but before we're going to get into some news yes that's right we're going to start off with some news but i just wanted to say sorry for the delay sorry for being mia i was out there in vegas and i feel like i let all of y'all down but i did post a whole bunch of crazy shit on my social medias during my trip in vegas man it was crazy kind of embarrassing some some of the things that i posted if you have seen them don't judge i hope you got a good laugh out of it because it was some crazy stuff if you haven't go ahead feel free to check them out and hit me up at snug wrestling on all of my social medias on x on instagram on tiktok on facebook at snug wrestling i appreciate everyone that has already if you haven't like share comment subscribe and all that good stuff so let's get into it news time The first topic that we're going to get into for this new segment is CM Punk again, because of course we have so many things that are still going on with CM Punk and all that stuff that happened with AEW. I know some of you guys are sick and tired of hearing about this, but I don't care because I really get a kick out of all this shit that's happening with CM Punk. And the latest that has been said about CM Punk, it was reported that sources close to CM Punk have been saying that CM Punk is not interested in suing AEW and he just wants to move on with this life so if these rumors are true then there's really nothing CM Punk would get out of suing AEW which means that he's happy with being gone from the company the company's also happy really happy especially a lot of people in that company that CM Punk is gone and let's be honest I'm sure CM Punk made a shit ton of money during his time there we don't know all the details about the contract but let bygones be bygones and i'm sure cm punk is doing really well and he's well off even if he's not part of AEW anymore no comments from cm punk yet directly from cm punk cm punk was also commentating for this ufc event where he teased that he has about two months of free time and a lot of people are speculating that because the next wwe pay-per-view is going to be in chicago in two months a lot of people 
people think CM Punk was referencing that WWE pay-per-view and teasing maybe that he might show up there. Whatever the case is, CM Punk, he's having way too much fun with all of this right now. Will he be at that WWE pay-per-view event? I highly doubt it. Would I be against it? Hell no, I wouldn't be against it. I would love to see CM Punk back in the WWE, but who fucking knows, right? And the next topic is The Rock return on Friday Night Smackdown a few days ago, and out of all the days that The Rock could have came back to wrestling, he came back the same exact day that I was gone. The only day that I miss out on watching wrestling, The Rock just randomly appears on Friday Night Smackdown in Denver, Colorado, of all places, the most random place ever. No offense to my listeners out there in Denver, but who expected The Rock to show up in Denver, Colorado? Honestly, nobody did. We also got to see Pat McAfee, and that was really cool to see The Rock, Pat McAfee, and also Austin Theory. Austin Theory got to work with The Rock, and everything about this was just amazing. It was really good, because now Austin Theory got the the little rub, you know, from The Rock. Austin Theory has worked with a lot of big names now, and now Austin Theory gets to add on The Rock to that list as well. And we have talked about this before plenty of times, because we all expected The Rock to come back, but we weren't sure when and it was mostly because Grayson Waller was the one that was taking jabs at The Rock online and on TV so I was led to believe that if anyone was going to get that rub from The Rock was going to be Grayson Waller but it was Austin Theory so I was really excited about that I would much rather see an Austin Theory versus The Rock instead of The Rock versus Grayson Waller but The Rock came back made a special big splash and a great pop and just a great surprise for everyone but what's what was the point of that i haven't heard anything since then a lot of people think that this is a one-off but this can't be a one-off i'm hoping to see the rock back soon again especially because here in a couple weeks friday night smackdown is going to be taking place in sacramento california in my hometown and it would be really really cool if we get to see him here in sacramento but we haven't heard anything yet we don't really know what the plans are for that did the rock come back for a match hopefully but we will have to uh find out soon enough and see what what the deal is with all this stuff man so many things have been happening here Nia Jax came back we have a new NXT champion women's champion Becky Lynch defeated Tiffany Stratton The Rock came back man I'm excited about all these things in wrestling that are going down right now and Jade Cargill former TBS champion from AEW is rumored to jump ships and join the WWE which is crazy because Jade Cargill just recently made her big return to AEW and attacked Chris Stantlander, but this turns out to be her farewell in the AEW. Jade Cargill came back and did a job for Chris Stantlander and put Chris Stantlander over because WWE has managed to pull Jade Cargill. At least that's what it seems like. So we will be seeing Jade Cargill on WWE TV soon. Jade Cargill is scheduled to be at the Performance Center this week. Now, there's already rumors that Jade Cargill is going to skip the head of the line and go to the main roster. Others think that she should start at the NXT level. Man, either way, this is going to be interesting. Another powerhouse being added to WWE. Nia Jax just came back. If you add on Jade Cargill to that, man, you're just lining up the opponents for Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley versus Jade Cargill in a WWE set. I think.
think it can be really good. And by setting, I mean with the proper training, with the proper WWE style that is really different compared to what they do in AEW. So it's going to be interesting to see what Jade Cargill can do in the WWE. But for now, that was it for the news. That's all I had. So let's get into Monday Night Raw from September 18th. Some of the matches from the card, they were announced, and we have Cody versus Dom, Drew versus Jay, Nakamura versus Ricochet, and the NXT Women's Champion Becky Lynch is set to be on the show. Cody Rhodes, he opens up the show, The American Nightmare, and he was going to cut a promo about Jay Uso again, but gets interrupted by Dom, just like last week, as soon as Cody Rhodes is going to make some type of announcement regarding Jay Uso, maybe it has to do with the person that's going to get drafted to SmackDown, which we all believe is going to be Cody Rhodes, we can't get a word in because Dominic Mysterio comes out again. And because it was Dominic Mysterio, he gets all the boos, but they were too loud and I had no idea what Dominic was even trying to say here when he interrupted Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes tried to hit Dom where it hurts and talks about his mommy. He tries to say that Rhea Ripley has the eyes for Jey Uso. But then here comes Damian Priest and Finn Balor, the world tag tag team champions and senior money in the bank to join Dom's corner. Dominic Mysterio, I don't know what he was going for in this match, but he tried to hit Cody Rhodes with a suplex or I don't know what it looked like. I don't know what they were going here for, but it was not pretty. Cody Rhodes, he ends up getting the win. After the match, the judgment day, they were getting ready to jump Cody, but Kevin and Sami Zayn, they come out to even out the odds. As soon as they hit the ring, the heels, the judgment day, they take off and Cody's music hits and he's also getting ready to leave but before Cody leaves Kevin Owens calls Cody Rhodes back into the ring and says no we're not done here we got to talk about something so now Kevin Owens the guy that he's always acting crazy the guy that just wants to fight now he wants to talk the guy that never wants to talk now he wants to talk and Kevin Owens wants to know why Cody brought Jay Uso over to Monday Night Raw and Cody's answer was simple it's to make the people happy cody rhodes his job is to make the people happy and he also thinks that jay uso deserves a second chance cody rhodes and Sami Zayn, they trying to convince kevin owens to give jay uso another chance but kevin owens said no how about no so kevin owens he's not the type to forgive and forget everything that jay uso has done over time and he is not budging here the people from monday night raw not being too happy about Jay Uso being on the on the red brand and they're kind of picking on poor little Jay here or maybe Kevin Owens is just afraid that Jay Uso is going to take his best friend Sami Zayn oh no no that's that's on the other show that's where they have the uh the best friend bromance drama not here all right up next we had Nia Jax there was an update on what happened with Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez and Nia Jax injured Rhea Ripley and Raquel Rodriguez last week after the match between Rhea and Raquel Rodriguez. Something that Nia Jax is really known for. She is no stranger to uh, causing injury to her opponents. So I can really believe this angle that they're going for here. But what is going on here? Nia Jax came back and attacked Rhea Ripley and Raquel, the heel and the babyface. When Nia Jax first came back, my first initial thought was, okay, Rhea 
Ripley has pretty much wrestled everyone on the roster, including Raquel Rodriguez. Raquel Rodriguez was probably the best opponent for Rhea Ripley, but there's only so much they can do with those two. Who else can you put up against Rhea Ripley? In the current women's roster, I mean, you have Natalia. They did that already. Bianca, they did that. Raquel, that's done. Really, I mean, there's really no one else. Becky Lynch? I don't think Becky Lynch would be a good match for Rhea Ripley. So WWE was bringing back Nia Jax to give Rhea Ripley another opponent, but that's all good. The only thing that wouldn't really make sense because Nia Jax came back as a heel. Rhea Ripley is in the Judgment Day, which is a heel faction. Unless this is WWE's way of trying to babyface Rhea Ripley, then maybe I can see that happening, but that's kind of the point that got Rhea Ripley over with the crowd, and that's one of the reasons that the Judgment Day got over. It's because they're heels. If you take that away from the Judgment Day, it would defeat the whole purpose of that faction, I believe, because they're having really good feuds with everyone right now in the main roster as heels. The Judgment Day, they're feuding with Cody. They're feuding with Jay Uso. They're feuding with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. If you turn Rhea Ripley babyface and you put Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax, then what happens to the Judgment Day? Is everyone on the Judgment Day going to be heels except for Rhea Ripley? I mean, Rhea Ripley already gets cheered over everyone, especially Dom. And there's a lot of talks, you know, people are making a lot of guesses as to what the plans are here for Nia Jax. People are saying that Nia Jax can potentially join the Bloodline. I don't see that happening because the Bloodline is on SmackDown. Nia Jax has been showing up on Raw unless, did Nia Jax show up on Friday Night SmackDown because I missed it? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure Nia Jax is on the red brand. I don't see Nia Jax going to the Bloodline because for what? The Bloodline, they don't need to add Nia Jax. Like, okay, so the Bloodline gets rid of Jay Uso. Jay Uso leaves and in return, the Bloodline gets Nia Jax? That just, that wouldn't make sense either. And it gets even more confusing because this thing that's happening with Nia Jax and Rhea Ripley and the women's division, it's going to get interesting because there's Jade Cargill joining the WWE. But I guess that all depends on which show Jade Cargill joins and where she goes. Is she going to go to Monday Night Raw and maybe have a feud with Nia Jax or the Rhea Ripley's or the Raquel Rodriguez? Or is Jade Cargill going to be on SmackDown and maybe feud with people like Charlotte Flair? But you added on Nia Jax to the mix. Potentially, we'll be seeing Jade Cargill added to that mix as well. Either way, it's going to be something to be on the lookout for. Up next, we had Kofi Kingston versus Ivar. This was supposed to be a two out of three falls match versus the Viking Raiders and the New Day. But one of the guys from the Viking Raiders wasn't clear to compete. I don't think it was actually said what happened to the guy from the Viking Raiders. I believe his name is Eric, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he got hurt doing some Viking stuff, whatever it is that they do. I don't fucking know. So this match got turned into a one-on-one. And this match was a lot better than I expected. I wasn't expecting a whole lot from this. But Ivar is a freaking animal, man. That guy, he moves like a middleweight. And he even does a crazy moonsault, a backflip moonsault. I mean, it did take a while for him to set it up. And Kofi Kingston was just laying down there for a really, really long time. But the execution was really good. But that wasn't the finish because Kofi, he kicked out of that. And he's 
still managed to get the win over Ivar. Ivar really shined here in this match as a singles. I'm so used to seeing Ivar in tag team matches, but if we get to see Ivar in more singles matches, I wouldn't even be mad at that. Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Shinsuke attacked Ricochet last week on Monday Night Raw, and this is how this match came to be. Before the match, Ricochet cuts a promo on Shinsuke, and he's high. He's mad, as he should be. And I also got to point out that Shinsuke and Ricochet have had several TV matches in the past few months, and we get another one here under different circumstances. But still, come on. I mean, we've seen this since Money in the Bank, where Bronson Reed, Shinsuke, and Ricochet were having their ongoing matches, and I mean, it's typical WWE stuff. When Shinsuke Nakamura hit the ring, Seth Rollins' music hits, and Rollins, he tries to go after Shinsuke, but was stopped by security. And the way that Rollins was running out there looked so cartoony to me. It was kind of comical. I don't know if it was the clothes that Seth Rollins was wearing or the shoes, but the whole time Seth Rollins was running, this is all I can think of. And I really like Heel Nakamura. He's more calculated. He's more aggressive. And he has more ring awareness. Every time Ricochet would try to go up for one of his crazy high-flying flips, Nakamura would find a way to cut him off. And it didn't make Nakamura seem like he was just waiting there for to catch Ricochet or waiting for Ricochet to do his shit. So I thought that was really good. Ricochet, he ends up using the chair on Shinsuke Nakamura and gets disqualified qualified yes the baby face he used the chair in this match ricochet cheats and then argues with the referee like what the hell what are you doing dude you're supposed to be a baby face guy that seems kind of backwards and then nakamura gets more heat on ricochet after the match seth rollins comes out for the save seth rollins and nakamura they have a pull apart but nakamura gets the better of seth rollins and gets more heat on rollins also so nakamura takes out ricochet and takes out seth Seth Rollins after the match and Nakamura is the last man standing. Things are really heating up here between Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. Seth Rollins also did an interview later on in the show saying that he's done with this. He wants Shinsuke Nakamura. He doesn't care when or where and Nakamura you can even add a stipulation so I'm pretty sure this is gonna get some type of gimmick match. Some types of stipulation. I hope it's not just a regular no DQ match because because we always get a shit ton of those, sometimes for no reason whatsoever, especially in other companies. I would be down to see maybe a two out of three false count, a last man standing, or hell, even an I quit match. I don't even think they do those anymore. But we'll see what type of stipulation these two get, Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. Up next, Zoe Starks, Shayna versus Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. And during the match, Nia Jax comes out and takes out everyone again all four women Nijax takes them all out and what the hell is going on with this I think I already said more than enough when it comes to Nijax none of this makes any sense we better get some answers soon because it's about to get even more confusing especially if Jade Cargill is set to join the WWE you brought back Nijax potentially have another powerhouse like Jade Cargill coming in whatever the case is it's definitely going to be 
interesting. Holy shit, it just hit me. The wheels are spinning. The wheels are spinning. The more I talk about this, the more I think about this. Night Jax takes everyone out. Night Jax took out Rhea Ripley, Raquel, all the great wrestlers in the women's division. There is no one left. No one can stop me. Boom. Jade Cargill makes an appearance as a babyface and takes out Night Jax and gets over a F. Damn. Someone give me a job over there in New York. I'm telling you, man, I am too good at this. That's my prediction. Jade Cargill is going to be the one to come and stop Nia Jax in her path of destruction. Adam Pierce, he was in the back with Chad Gable, and Chad Gable wants another title shot versus Gunther, but Adam Pierce says he's going to earn it. And for once, I do agree with Adam Pierce. Chad Gable has had multiple opportunities with Gunther, and I think. I think it's fair that he should start back from square one. Bronson Reed, he in- interrupts, and I haven't seen Bronson Reed in quite some time. It feels like it's been forever, but his last match was versus Tommaso Ciampa just a few weeks ago. But now Bronson Reed is back, and he's going to have a match versus Chad Gable on this Monday Night Raw. Jay Uso, he was going to do an interview before being interrupted by Damian Priest because the Judgment Day, they are after at least one one Uso. Some of the guys are talking about Jimmy, but Damian Priest, he wants Jay. So they're pulling hard for Jay Uso to join the Judgment Day. And there's no way that the Judgment Day is going to be able to get Jay Uso. Jay Uso, huge baby face, really over with the crowd. Would not make sense for Jay Uso to join Judgment Day. Not now. A wise man once said, no chance. That's what y'all got. But Damian Priest gave Jay Uso until the end of the night to give him an answer. Chad Gable versus Bronson Reed. Chad Gable needs to win this match. He needs to earn another opportunity at Gunther. And in order to prove himself, he's got to beat the big bad Bronson Reed. He has his hands full here with this one. And Bronson Reed, he ends up getting the pin on Chad Gable. I was not expecting that, especially because of how over Chad Gable has gotten himself in the recent weeks. Even though he's been losing two Gunther, He's been getting wins in tag team matches and six-man tags. He's been getting the pins. He also beat Tommaso Ciampa. So Chad Gable, he had a lot of steam going into this match versus Bronson Reed. And Bronson Reed just completely squashed him in like four minutes. So Bronson Reed, a guy that just came back after being off TV for a few weeks. The last match Bronson Reed had versus Tommaso Ciampa, Bronson Reed lost. But now Bronson Reed comes back and beats Chad Gable and kind of took away some of that momentum that Chad Gable had going. Tommaso Ciampa, he has an interview and in this interview Tommaso Ciampa kind of sounded like a heel, but he was cutting a promo on Gunther and Tommaso Ciampa, he's going to do whatever it takes also to get a shot at Gunther, even if it means he's going to run through the whole Imperium. And talking about steam and momentum, here comes the new NXT champion Becky Lynch. They show a recap of their match on NXT for the title versus Tiffany Stratton. And this was one of those matches that I really was pulling for Tiffany Stratton to win. I don't know what it is about that girl, but she has something. She is really good. Just the way that she moves in the ring, how she carries herself. I don't know if it's her timing or just her pacing in the ring. She just really stands out in a really good way. And the way that she looks is also, she is just a 
natural heel, but I think her work in the ring is really fucking good. And I was expecting Tiffany Stratton to win this one because that would have gotten some more attention on Tiffany Stratton. A lot of people don't really like Tiffany Stratton, but that's not because she's a bad wrestler or, or she has go away heat because she doesn't. She's just a good heel, but I think that people aren't really seeing the potential that Tiffany Stratton has. And a win over Becky Lynch would have turned a lot of heads over to NXT, but Becky Lynch ended up being Tiffany Stratton, which is also understandable, especially now because this merger done is complete with TKO. NXT is going to be on the up and up, and now you have two main roster talents that are NXT champions. You have Dom and you have Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch did a lot of good numbers for NXT. NXT did one of their highest rated shows in the previous months, and now with Becky Lynch on NXT, more and more people are going to watch that show, which is really, that's what it's all about. So now you have Dom and you have Becky that are going to be down there. You also saw Dragon Lee on Monday Night Raw. He's also going to have a match versus Dom on Raw. This is going to be a rematch. They've had title matches together on NXT. This time it's going to be on Raw. So we're going to be seeing more and more of this NXT. More stars from the main roster going to NXT and vice versa. And Becky Lynch, she has an open challenge and it was answered by Natalia. Becky Lynch tried to tell Natalia that when she announced the open challenge, she was expecting someone new to answer, not someone who's been in the company for 15 years. But Natalia claps back and says, you think I'm taking the opportunity of someone new? Well, what about you? You went down there and you cut in line in front of every woman that was out there in NXT waiting for their opportunity. So you're kind of a hypocrite. I mean, they both had some really good points here. Becky Lynch ends up taking the match versus Natalia and beats Natalia. So tonight on NXT, Becky Lynch is going to be on there and it's probably going to defend the NXT championship once again. Giovanni Vinci versus Tommaso Ciampa. And right off the bat, I knew we were going to see a great match here. These two are really good. And fucking A, was this match good. These guys were really snug, no pun intended. These guys were stiff, man, the way that they were wrestling. Hard hitting, good pacing it was it was fast it was rough but it wasn't like 100 miles an hour flipping and flying all over the place it was just the intensity was just right for this match and Vinci ends up tapping out to Tommaso Ciampa but man that was really good I wasn't expecting any anything less from from this match the only thing bad about this match the only negative thing I can say about this match is that it was too short I mean I there was fight forever chance all over my living room during this match and I really enjoyed watching this and the main event Jay Uso versus Drew McIntyre they showed a nice video package before the match to show all the times that Jay Uso screwed over Drew McIntyre over and over and over again so yeah Drew McIntyre also like Kevin Owens he's not the one to just forgive and forget so these two they start off their match and they start off with a pretty big lockup boom and they go back and forth and as these two guys are going at it here comes the judgment day and they're standing on Jay Uso's corner cheering him on and they even caused a distraction for Jay Uso and Jay Uso took advantage Jay Uso is sitting on his corner while the judgment day is cheering him on and they even give Jay Uso a little fist bump but after that Jay Uso ends up super kicking the judgment day huge pop but Jay Uso ends up paying the price because while he was too busy 
Izzy super kicking the Judgment Day in the face. Drew McIntyre hits Jay Uso with the Claymore and gets the win over Jay Uso. And the Judgment Day, they get some heat on Jay after the match. And Drew McIntyre, he does absolutely nothing. He just watches on while the Judgment Day is beating up on Jay Uso. But Cody Rhodes comes out for the save and helps out Jay Uso. Man, Drew McIntyre, I think it's safe to say he's a full-blown heel now. So now that Drew McIntyre, he got himself involved with Jay Uso. And the fact that Drew McIntyre did not go out there to help Jay Uso, but Cody Rhodes did, I'm predicting we might be seeing a match here soon between Drew McIntyre and Cody Rhodes. How would you guys feel about a feud between Drew and Cody? I think that can have some really good matches. But that was Monday Night Raw. Let me know what you guys think. It is good to be back. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget to hit me up at Snug Wrestling and we will talk soon.